Divine Martyr has just released a symphonic metal cover of a CCM Carrie Job song. My goodness, what in the world is going on? We've got two controversial genres in one song. Well, what you're going to hear from Divine Martyr tonight is going to simply astound you. Well, here we are, and we've got some of Divine Martyr on. We're waiting for the rest of them to come on with us. We've got Mark with us. He is our drummer. We've got Jason, the guitarist. It's good to have you guys Thanks. back on with us. Welcome back to Raven's Heart. Thank you for having hey, us. Hey, thank you. So good to have you here. Hey, before we get started, while we wait for a few of the others, for those of you that are joining us for the very first time on YouTube, go ahead and like and subscribe to the Raven's Heart and Lithos Cry uh, live stream right here. Go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and click those buttons to uh, subscribe and like right there and ring that bell so that you're notified of when we are on live. And yes, the comment lines are open tonight uh, for conversation to join in and share your thoughts on the music that we're about to hear tonight. It's a very unique combination, but the more I've been thinking about this, guys, it's it's not so so unusual for what we're about to dive into when you listen to what you did. You just released a couple weeks ago a cover of Carrie Job's song. It's a contemporary Christian music song forever, but you did it as a symphonic metal cover. What was it about this song in particular that inspired you to cover it? Well, I can take it or Jason can. Um yeah, I mean, I'll, we can both hit yeah. it here, but I guess from my perspective, I I remember playing this song in church, you know, probably 10 years ago or, you know, back around 2014, 2015 when this first came out. And, um, you know, just lyrically, it always had an impact. We, we actually played it right around Easter, which sort of gave it like that extra oomph, you know. It's like, man, this really kind of, kind of drives home the whole spirit of the season, right? And this song just really stuck with me lyrically but also i mean carrie job as a you know as an artist has always struck me as just this really kind of sweet genuine person you know just the way that she projects and just the emotion that she puts into it um just comes across as very very genuine um and i always appreciated that about her and so that just sort of like made an impact and stuck with me um ever since we had played that song so that, that's my end of it mark how about for you uh biggest thing i mean it's like if if you know complimenting i guess, guess what jason is saying is it's if you had to the number one thing that, that was impactful for me on the care on carrie's song forever is you've got a very impactful powerful message likewise i think we should have a very powerful uh counter we're going to say orchestration and and we're going to add a little bit of symphonic element to it to where we are really pounding home the story telling the story so just yeah. keep it really simple so. woody it's good to see you again welcome back my friend yes 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 what Wait. what inspired you woody to participate in this to cover this song as a symphonic metal song um well, it's it's interesting because I think I can't remember who introduced me to Carrie Job, Joby Job. Um, 
but it, somebody sent me one like years ago, and um, I thought it was a just a wonderful worship song. And I am not into worship songs. Um, I am mm-hmm. not a CCM guy <laughs> at all. But that just did it for me, and yeah. um, I think that it was her her ability, her her stage performance, and her ability to really. Um, show how much she um, truly lives for God and how, and how that song was written was just um, impactful and it had made a pretty good message. Right. So I think, you know, um, we decided, you know, if we're going to cover anything, I thought it was cool to recover, to cover that. Um, And yeah, I think it turned out well. I hope so anyways. Oh, it did. And we're going to be playing it in just a few moments. And I'm going to be interested to see what the reaction is of our viewers uh, this evening that are on the live stream. And if you're a listener and listening to this on the, on the replay, a lot of our listenership comes on the audio podcast in countries such as India, France, of course, the Netherlands, uh, places like that. So you can email me at lithoscry at gmail.com and I will forward the comments that you have on this cover to Define Martyr. Uh, for them to respond back to you. Before we dive into the song, I know that this video, uh, this live stream has probably piqued the interest of a lot of churchgoers uh, that are familiar with Carrie Job's music and CCM, but they might not be familiar with what symphonic metal is. Can you guys, I know we could do like three hours on what symphonic <laughs> metal is. Can you give a very brief description of what symphonic metal is? I'll do it. It's uh, like the expert here. I was gonna say I'll jump. Yeah, I can more than I'm more than happy to jump on this. I always have this philosophy that symphonic uh, players and symphonic writers are experts from around the range of a one one to two percent up to about seventy percent dynamic dynamic range. And they're gonna be angry when every time I say this, and they get they can get up to eighty percent for all fairness, and that's considered over the top. For me, symphonic metal fills in another twenty percent of that. To where we're up at around you know, maybe 90%. And then symphonic metal to get above 90%, we need live ordinance or some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can you can use your imagination to go even higher. But uh, yeah, fireworks, yeah. why not? We'll say fireworks, sure. Um, but yeah, to really get into that full dynamic range where you have some of the, we're going to say the sweeping lows of the lows in terms of dynamic. Um, just mood setting and then when you have extreme intensity intense moments it's like i want to go even more even more than you know oh fortana i was like that's a good start i want to go even more intense you know on the writing and that's that's always what i've wanted to do just me personally for symphonic writing is like let's go up the next step but there's the there's the quick uh three minute pitch go (laughs) that is a great anybody else want to add to that uh, yeah, I would say to simplify it even further, just imagine if Vivaldi were alive today and he were a metal musician. That, that pretty much sums it up in my mind, you know, because I, I, yeah. that's what I always say. If he were alive today, he would absolutely be a metal player, no doubt in my mind. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've always wondered what it'd be like if Bach or Beethoven or <clears throat> Vivaldi walked into a Nightwish concert. What, uh, you know, yeah, what would be exactly. going on in their minds? Well, we are not going to hold our listeners and our viewers any longer because I know they've been anticipating this. This is Divine Martyrs cover of Carrie Job's Forever. This is a symphonic metal cover of a CCM song. We're waiting for your comments.
man, I keep going off mute and on mute. Yeah. I'm getting used to the new the new setup here. That was beautiful with the way that was put together. As I was listening to that and as I was reviewing it last night, it's symphonic metal. And then it's, you know, people are probably expecting something totally different. But what we just listened to is symphonic metal. That's That's what it is. That's it. Now, without yeah. question, this song, it just glorifies Jesus all the way through. As you were working on this cover, and even as you perform it over and over again on stage, what are some things that Jesus personally reveals to you about himself through this song? Uh, for me, it would be um, <clears throat> just his glory. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's... You can when you listen to the song and you you can hear, especially when you hear in Olivia, just the way she kind of does a few nuances and stuff with her voice. It just kind of like really, like when she says the roll, the stone was rolled away. She kind of drops her voice at the end, and it's kind of like she says it like the stone was rolled away, and you pick up those little cues, and it really, I think, just really amplifies the glory of God. It does, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, I think it's all in the title, you know, I mean, just God repeatedly shows himself. He is forever. You know, he's, he's unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Right. I mean, we can fall away from him. We can backslide, we can whatever, but we come back and he's always right there. He's exactly the same as he's always been. He's unchanging. And, and I mean, the title just sums that up perfectly. Mark, yep. Mark, for you, anything in particular? I mean, it's—I can't really add too much more. To me, it's always been every time I've heard the—I've heard even the original version of the song. It's how it's how do you how do you tell uh, basically how in 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 a four minute five minute song can you tell everything that Messiah has done for everybody, and how can you do it in four minutes or five minutes? Well, that was pretty close to doing it in four or five minutes. I mean, to talk about the eternal in a finite five minutes, how do you, how do you describe it? And that was done really well. So, I mean, that's to me is, is like the biggest takeaway of it's basically, why are we here? What are we talking about? That was it. That's ultimately where the starting point is, is we, we, we plant the seed. Um, I think the Lord will water it. Somebody else may, you know, and the Lord, so, to take the verse, I'll just take the full verse in context. He'll bring somebody else to water it. He may water it himself, and then he'll give the increase in his time. But we'll get the seed planted, you know, and the, and that's the best way to do it. To talk about the eternal almighty God in four or five minutes, it's that's about the fastest we can do it. So The song covers it all. It just yeah. glorifies Jesus, what he did. And a couple things just really struck me as I've been diving into this song and a couple things that i want to point out is that it talks about the foreverness not just of god but of what jesus did on the cross his death his his resurrection and when you think about that foreverness you know we always think of it in the context of our age and towards us that are living in this age right now but that work that he did on the cross is going to carry through to the next age after ours the age after that the age after that the age after that and the age after that um, yeah. it's world without end. It's going to change and, and everything that we see here now is going to basically burn. Well, that's quite metal, right. isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to burn yeah. and, and, and be changed. But 
things are going to continue. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth. And we don't know what's written or going to be written in that yet. That's, that's future stuff that I'm kind of looking forward to. Maybe I'll finally get my jet pack in the new heaven and new earth. (laughs) We can only hope. In in first grade, (laughs) but his work is going to continue into that. That is, it's an everlasting work. The other thing that became so apparent to me, especially as I was listening to this last night, the chorus at the end, we sing, Hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. And Olivia repeats that several times. And I have heard a lot of very strict fundamentalist preachers say, well, the repetitive repetitiveness in these songs is, you know, mesmerizing you and hypnotizing you and it's witchcraft from the stage and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Stick it in your ear, buddy. Okay. Here's why I had to hear that verse that at least three times. And then it hit. We sing, Hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. And it hit me. The Lamb has overcome. So what's my problem? There is no issue anymore. He has overcome all of those issues. There should be no problem. He has done it. It is a finished work. And it took three times for that, at least three or four times listening to that chorus for that to get through my thick skull. So that's why the repetitiveness is because we're very thick skulled and we need those things. And then eventually Holy Spirit can just quicken it to us. This song is just so packed. It is. It really is powerful. And we have a comment from Jamie Hall. He says, awesome. So good. He really enjoyed that track. How do you hope that God will use this song um, for those that are believers and those are, that aren't believers? Yeah, I mean, I just I, I pray that it gives people hope, you know. I mean, obviously, for for you and me, it reinforces what we already know to be true. But I mean, for the non-believer, I hope that they hear this and just have sort of a realization of, you know, that void in their life that only God, you know, we all have that God-shaped hole in our hearts, right? <laughs> Um, we've all heard that saying and, and only he can fill it. Right. So I just hope that it kind of leads people to that realization of, of what's missing in their life and, and what God can do for them. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a, um, the fact that it was a CCM song and we t- turned it to metal. I think like a lot of people that don't like CCM, they might have never ever heard it before. And when they hear it, they're like, they're like, wow, you know, like maybe that will, even open them up to more contemporary type of Christian music, or maybe it's just something like, Oh, wow. You know, I really got the message of this and I would have never heard it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think the more we like, we, uh, we'd say, well, we'll beef up the intensity a little bit on the, especially on the writing and the, in the accompaniment. It's this old, in this case, it's not as much on this song as on some other songs, but it's the whole, I, I'd say metaphor of when you want to wake people up, you pull the fire alarm and it's in a lot of people. It's like, you don't, you don't want to basically play, you know, the U2 delay on the, uh, on the guitar to wake people up. You know, U2 is a great band, but it's not what you would use to wake them up. You know, you would pull the fire alarm and it's one of those add some urgency, add some intensity because to not belittle like what, what Messiah did, but it's basically to add impact and, you know, to, this is a foundation, literally foundation shaking when the ground began to shake. Mm-hmm. We should probably make the ground shake. I mean, right. it, it's one of those, we should probably illustrate that because that's right. exactly what happened. You know, I, and 
you've got earthquake like tectonic activity that happened at the time of the crucifixion at the time we seem to forget about the sheer power i mean you've got a veil that was ripped from top to bottom it it wasn't just a oh this is that's an interesting tectonic action no this is a very impactful moment in history and it's a very we're going to say like you said earlier it's, it's kind of a it's the eternal snapshot that happens then that points to eternity so make it intense because it is it's an intense moment in history give it the impact that it deserves right i mean that's exactly what we're thinking yeah yeah and and you know when those plates those tectonic plates shook not only the veil rip and not only did the earth shake but those that were in abraham's bosom in in hades they rose from the dead as well and they walked around jerusalem one of my favorite unpreached bible verses the the day of the living dead (laughs) It, it, (laughs) it did happen there was a literal resurrection of of the dead at that point in time and one of the things that i really appreciate about this song is it's symphonic metal and i hope that it encourages praise teams at churches to push the envelope and add that intensity to their praise because i've been in a lot of services where the praise is getting amped up and I'm like okay we're almost we're almost there we're almost there we're about ready to hit the breakthrough on this and then they pull back yep and i think yeah. it's because they're afraid to go to that level and you guys did go to that level and you've shown that you can do it with control and that you can do it in a way that glorifies god where it just doesn't turn into this absolute you know pandemonium and mayhem where exactly. it's very beautifully done. And that is what symphonic metal is. There have been a couple of times I've been at, at my church and I've looked at my wife. I'm like, that sounds like Epica about ready to happen. <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding. And they've done Close. it. And it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're building. We're going to go there. And I want to encourage yeah. just, just let it go. Absolutely. Let it yep. go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it can be, it can be done. And I think you guys have actually set the standard for that with a CCM and praise song. I I can only imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. Oh, yeah. It's, I, we can't, that'll be, I I don't have words for it because I can't really put words to it, but we'll just say pure, impactful. And just, I think just heart poured out of praise, you know, and that's, that's where, and that's honestly where it should be. Is like your heart should be pouring out praise. You know, uh, this is some something I say. Maybe I shouldn't say here. But I'll, I'll say it. And you, I guess we can bleep it out if, if no one likes it. But uh, is uh, if you the amount of praise we give God in in church, like you were saying, building up to that, it should be greater than the praise you gave the night before at the football game. Yeah. And I'll if you don't that. do that, I want to. I actually really kind of question where your heart is. Yeah. And it's, and I, and I'm pointing three fingers back at myself, you know, and I, I do it because it's like, why am I not pouring out my heart, heart out to, if I have a, a morning when I haven't slept that well, and I'm like, I'm still going to praise God, but you know what? He deserves the entire praise that, exactly. that morning. And I think a lot of us just kind of reel it back for some reason. And so, yeah, I think in a way we've been conditioned here in the West to hold it back. That's just been our Western tendencies to do that. Western church has has told us to hold that back. There's a spiritual element, too, of a religious spirit, you know, kind of like when Jesus entered into the city of Jerusalem on the donkey and everybody started yelling and screaming. And I can imagine, you know, that was a mixed multitude. And some of them were probably yelling and screaming things that uh, would not be yelled and screamed in church because that's all they knew what to get out. And that's okay because that's what was coming out of them. 
And the scribes and the Pharisees are like, Master, tell these people to please shut up. They're being too loud. And he said, if they don't do it, these rocks over here. And uh, yep. I wrote an entire book about that. These rocks over here are going to do it if, if, you, if they're not going to do it. And that's that religious spirit just trying to keep everything quiet, everything to a certain level of, of reserved. And it's time to break through that because God does deserve the praise that is due him. But also in these times that we're living in, that's where the breakthrough is. That's where you come, you know, the, the further and deeper you go in into that praise, the more of his presence you envelops you. It just, it just totally envelops you in that situation. Yeah. How have your followers and other metal heads that have listened to this, how have they received this song? What has the reaction been? Hmm. I mean, I would say overwhelmingly positive, at least from what I've seen personally. Uh, we've had a few people review it. It's gotten airplay on a number of, you know, different um, internet radio stations and so forth. Uh, we've even gotten, you know, to such a degree that, hey, this is this is an improvement on the original. Uh, we've even gotten that kind of, you know, feedback, which, which to me is incredible. I mean, it's really encouraging because, like I said, it's such a powerful song to start with and, and, and carry such a powerful performer. Um, just to hear somebody say that is, is incredibly encouraging to me. So that tells me that it's landing. You know what I mean? It's, it's having the impact that, that we intended and hoped for. If anybody yeah. knows Carrie, we'd like to hear her feedback as well. <laughs> we'd love to. <laughs> I know she's she's very busy, but the thing, it, like, <clears throat> I think we're the only one that's done a metal cover of it. Like, if you go to like popular, uh, you can even take R&B songs. People have done like tons of metal cover. I, I tell you, I don't know how many Frozen covers there are out there. Um, <laughs> But this is like the only one for forever. Uh, you know, like how many people take Christian contemporary songs and make them into metal? So exactly. it'd be really interesting to hear. Uh, and, but you can never get a hold of those artists if you just go to like their like their label. They just it just goes into the ether somewhere. Yeah, so it's kind of untouchable. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It, it 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 does go there. Hopefully, she'll tune into this and see see what you guys did with it and i'm going to send this through some of the circuits that i know and see if we can we get, awesome. get it there and see if uh, we can get a reaction from her on this song because it is so very well done before we talk a little bit more about uh, you know people's expectations with symphonic metal and, and metal in general you guys brought up something very interesting the other night as we were prepping for this about the chord progressions in this song and how <laughs> we're finding those chord progressions in secular metal as well. Can you guys kind of give our listeners and viewers an overview of that? And then I'll, I'll kind of weigh in when you're done. with. I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Yeah, it's, it's we there's a running there's a running joke that we've been saying back and forth forever and there's even a great youtube video shameless plug for these guys the axis of awesome um they're gonna if you know give them give them a listen it's a good joke well, i think there is some dirty language and there's some other stuff in it so so plan accordingly but um they've illustrated at least 100 songs that have the 1564 progression in it uh, anything from green day to uh who else was green green day is definitely used it half the chart toppers journeys used it um, and what it is, it's just a, it's a, it's a good, if you really want to think about it, a major tonic dominant, predominant back, you know, back. So you're, you're on a journey from pun intended, I guess, uh, from, <laughs> from tonic to dominant, to 
you know, your predominance and it's, but it's a, com- it's a comfortable journey. It's kind of like a, I'd say a walk through a circular park. Um, people really, really understand that. And what's, and it's more of like, I'm just going to say familiarity. I actually, there's a couple of our, like on ours, I'll actually change it a little bit. Instead of a one, five, six, four, you'll hear a one, five flat three, four or a one, five major three, four, or a one, five minor three, four in some of ours, depending on what it is, because it's like, I oh, fooled you, you know, and it's not, it's not because, Hey, I'm going to be different. Um, it's more of like, I don't want to repeat what I don't want to walk the same path that's been at walk 150 times now on the radio if i'm writing a part and what's and i can get the same impact by it's like okay we can sub out instead of a six we can go to a three or i can i can change something so but you know yeah that's used by it's almost like i would say if you were in pop music history whatever class you're in in college that should be the first progression you write you listen for and recognize for is it's easily a hundred songs that were mentioned on Axis of Awesome, and I think there's easily a hundred to two hundred more. So using that for that, I mean, but even, the, yeah, yeah, the Don't Stop Believing progression, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, even I, th- I believe Andrea Bocelli's uh, Conte Partido, Conte, Conte Partido, which is uh, <laughs> uh, Time to Not Say good. Goodbye, which he's often saying with uh, other artists. I believe that's also the same progression. Um, okay. Or at least maybe it's three other chords, but I mean, there's studies done on on chord progressions, right? <clears throat> and I've always said that, like you know, like that particular chord progression, some other ones, the the mind subconsciously kind of wants to know where you're going, like it it wants order, which makes right. sense because the body always wants homeostasis, right? So if you think mm-hmm. about your brain, it's kind of the same thing. So things like math core, things that are really kind of out there, you're not going to have as many listeners, you're just not. And so it's like the major key equals happy, the minor key equals sad. So if you want to write in those ways, you can. I mean, we put some minors in our songs. We, <clears throat> you know, but I think we're kind of like, Mark said we're kind of all over the place. Like I, we'll take something like that as a GDEC progression. I might go GAEC or just to kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you guys sent over to me, and I was totally fascinated by it. The Dark Side of the Moon, uh, Melissa Bonney's project. <laughs> That's my fault. And the song New, New Horizons. Um, and Fabian from Elvite is is guest on that. And I listened to it. And it's, it's very similar to mm-hmm. Carrie Job's "Forever," and I, I was sitting and dissecting that song last night. I was dissecting the video as well as the lyrics, and I was like, "My goodness, we are so close on the precipice of praise music and what you would hear a praise team do." And I'm not surprised because of uh, yeah. Fabian's uh, other project, Illumishade. And I know it's it kind of goes out there, but there she's is. floating around in the in the ether and picking up the signals. <laughs> yes, <laughs> when you're in the spiritual absolutely. realm, you're going to collide with Holy Spirit. You're going to collide with Jesus. You're, you're going to meet him there. And her song that she did arise the first time I heard it, I was mm-hmm. like, this sounds like something I would hear at church. So what we're hearing now yeah. is the sounds that are familiar with the kingdom of heaven infusing yeah. It's kind of interesting, infusing the metal community. I think God is using some back doors to get in. And even the lyrical mm-hmm. content of the Dark Side of the Moon's song, New Horizons, I was like, this is so close to Scripture. There's a lot in here that's really close. Some of it, I mean, it's not 100%. I get it. But I'm like, I see where they're teetering 
right now, and I see yeah, where this is going. So. Well, yeah. you question, yeah. you kind of question if, you know, I can totally see if I was not in a Christian band, as a Christian member in a secular band, I think that I would try to insert some things into the band that, like into the music yeah. that maybe listeners might pick up. Yeah. Um, or, or, I mean, it may even be subconscious too. You may not even do it on purpose. It yeah. Maybe, hey, that's, that's where your headspace is, and that's naturally going to come out in well, your writing, right? So. And to that point, so Glenn, when we did we meet with you when we released Truth? I think we did. Yes. And we talked about the video. Truth, yeah. Yes. You know, we had talked about let's put in, um, was it Hebrew or Latin? It was Latin, right, Mark? It's Latin. I was pulling for Latin. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, Marcus is chanting Latin in the background, right? And so if you're in a studio, if, if you listen to that, if you catch that, you'll be like, wait, what's that? And so it really adds to that flavor. And then you go and look at the the, the lyrics or what it translates to. And you're like, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So um, little things like that. It's kind of cool. But yeah, <clears throat> I, re I really believe Holy Spirit's filtering in through the back door in a lot of these situations and yeah. probably again i'm not surprised with fabian with what she's doing with all of her side projects because you take a look at uh, elvite's previous album adignatos um that came out mm. it's so filled and packed with logos in it when you listen to it and what took me back with that particular project was the song that they did that they released worship and it's a very graphic video, but it shows you what's going on in the world. And I found this yes. very interesting. When they released that video, they said, you need to be careful with what you worship. And the video makes it very clear as to what's going on in the world and what's coming. When they released it, when it was first released, it was blocked. Wow. Did not it was that. blocked. And when anything's blocked, to me, that means you're kind of on the right track and they don't want that to get out. You mean like and Sound of were, Freedom? You mean like the movie Sound of Freedom? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly like the movie Sound of Freedom. Yeah, we, we don't want you to hear this. And I was watching the comments on, on, the, on the video for worship, and it's like, oh, I love the Behemoth references and everything like that. Well, Kriegel's not doing that to glorify Satan. He's doing it to show you what, what, what's coming. Right. Beware. And that's yeah. what that song was exactly. about. Right. I, you know what we should do, Jason, actually, Glenn brings up a good point. I think that we, um, I think we, when we make, if we make a vinyl, a few vinyls, we should bring back backmasking and put in some like Latin or Hebrew chant yes. and then like just kind of leak it out there. And then someone will try it and they'll go, wait a minute, is this Latin? I'm backmasking? What, what is this? This isn't right. I'm supposed to be listening to some Aussie uh, vinyl, right? Uh, but what's going on here? That'd be really, yeah, we could definitely, uh, Oh, manipulate cool, people <laughs> whatever it takes to get people oh, to go. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing too oh, about man. metal especially symphonic metal when people hear the term metal they think okay people are going to be slamming guitars screaming mm. vulgarities having sex under the stage and everything like that yeah. not so much in the symphonic metal world it's a very spiritual uh I would consider a very spiritual genre. Most yeah. of the topics in symphonic metal are spiritual. We'll get to that in a minute. But the other thing, too, is the introspective ballad. Pop musicians just can't do it like a symphonic metal or metal band can do it. Why do you think that symphonic metal bands and metal bands in general can do better ballads and introspective love songs? 
And, uh, I, 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 I think it ties into what Mark. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I think it ties into what Mark said earlier, just about the dynamic range. You know, yep. not every genre of music has that available to them, right? So we can go from zero and and then, you know, like Mark said, eight or nine normally, right? But then metal has the ability to kind of push it over the cliff, you know, to go, you know, to eleven, right? Um, and kind of push it over the top. And and you know, pop music, country music. I mean, these other genres don't really have. Um, really You're talking smack about country them. music. Absolutely, I am. <laughs> Just all yeah. country music. All right, I'm breaking out some Chris Young. You better be ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may be Stand sick. Back. I'll carry it to you. Those of you don't know, Woody is a, a we'll say a aficionado of the fine art of country music and enjoys enjoys a good twang. We'll say Chris Young, Rascal Flatts, Tracy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, Tracy Lawrence, I'm going yeah, to see him. Still love him though. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool i mean everybody's got their own their own background i think it's i think it's kind of cool so. livia's livia's uh her, herself her solo project is pop mm-hmm. i found yeah. that by did accident you? really yeah i He's did there, and i thoroughly enjoy it and listen i've uh, been listening to it on the way to work and on the way back home awesome. from work <laughs> often and i'd like that. to get her on sometime where we just talk about that uh, particular yeah. aspect because yeah. here she is symphonic metal singer and then this awesome pop project which is not unheard of um yep. yeah. sharon denadell did that with armin van buren a few years ago exactly. in and yeah. out of love awesome yep. awesome dance song by a symphonic yeah. metal singer i mean just the voice yeah. and it was absolutely amazing and you know it's not unheard of so yeah i'd, I'd like to talk to her about Hello. that and, you know as we're talking about the dynamic range and we're talking about metal bands and introspective ballads and the spiritual what comes to mind is the scorpions to me back in the 80s yep. yeah definitely Ooh, yeah. You know, rocky yeah. like a hurricane yeah. probably one of the filthiest songs that's ever been written and produced <laughs> And then they're singing the song uh, "Send Me an Angel" or "Winds of Change," yeah. and it's like, Winds is this is this the same yeah. people? Yeah. yeah, you know, there, there's a there's a metalcore. There's sorry, Jason. There's a metalcore band. No, you're fine. I listened to. I haven't listened to them for a while, but they came out a few years ago. They're called Any Given Day, and uh, they're a German band. They made it big, mm-hmm. really. How they how they not made it how they made it big on YouTube was they covered a um, diamonds from Beyonce. They had the metalcore song, yeah. but they have a song. <laughs> so all their songs are like your typical metalcore songs. And then they have this one song that like, you would just, you're thinking to yourself, do they become Christians? Because it, it's almost mm-hmm. as though they're singing to God. And, and I can't remember the name of it. I would have to look it up, but it's just like, where did this come from? And you wonder like, what's going on there? Um, you know, man, but yeah, I don't know what, what was your question again, Glenn, or did I just go off another topic? <laughs> no, off going off tangent is fine. That, that's what happens when you get a very, uh, full room of intellectual people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I've found about, uh, people that enjoy metal and play metal especially in the symphonic metal realm very analytical very intelligent very introspective very empathetic you've got everything going on at the same time so the conversation is always a lot of fun and very interesting so to bring the conversation back around to what we were talking about with symphonic metal ballads and metal ballads what are some of your favorite 
symphonic metal ballads. I was going to say, I was, I'll say Ever Dream, but it's not really a ballad, I would say. But I absolutely love the song. So. It kind of starts out that way. It right? starts out yeah. that way. It yeah. doesn't stay there. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with Seven Spires? Yes. Okay, they've got a song called The Unforgotten Name, which is just absolutely one of the most powerful songs. I mean, just lyrically, musically, I mean, you could just feel the emotion pouring out of her when she sings that song. And, and the lyrics are just... I, I don't know what happened to that woman to make her write that song, but you can just tell that something absolutely crushed her. And it's just incredibly powerful to hear that come out. So that's that's definitely at the top of my list. Adrian is an excellent vocalist. She's you know, she's, she's got an amazing voice. Um, yeah. She's making it her life because she went to Berkeley and yep. Ber Berkeley music. Um, right. yeah. And so um, I think that one, I, I would say all of Seven Spires' work is great. Um, especially their old, their first album. But um, I think the one that stands out immediately to me is Nightwish's Storytime. Um, yep. I'm, oh, a, yes. I'm a big fan. I would dare say maybe just a little bit edge here. I I actually like uh, Annette Olsen when she was in the band more so than Floor. Um, I don't know. It's it's very slight. I mean, they're, they're like right there, but I kind it's of like... Fair. I like that radio-friendly kind of popish voice in metal. I think it it just brings this dynamic. It's just, it's just it's kind of different. Like you don't expect it. Um, yep. Whereas Floor and Tara, you're like, okay, I expect them to be sopranos. I expect yeah. them to do that. And while they're yeah. and while well, it's gr it's great when like Floor did Ghost Love Score. I always go back to Vok in 2013. It was the best performance she ever made of oh, Ghost yes, Love Score. <laughs> she never was able to duplicate it, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> but I think also she had something to prove at that time as well. And plus, mm. touring schedules are crazy for them, so she probably just couldn't handle it. Um, but but I always go back to Annette. That story time was was excellent. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say that was probably at their peak. And maybe when floor started, that was at their peak. So, yeah. yeah. I like how you both mentioned Nightwish with their ballads, and it's funny how Ever Dream starts out as a ballad and doesn't. But that's really the story of every mm -hmm. Nightwish album. Mm -hmm. It starts out yeah. well; it kind of starts out heavy, and then it mm -hmm. takes that left turn at Albuquerque, and you're yeah. into you know uh, um, Annette's voice on Eva and Meadows of Heaven, and it's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, yeah. I thought I was listening to a metal album. <laughs> Yep, and it's something so totally different, and that's that dynamic range and what what they can do with it, and they can actually right. get away with it and pull it off. Well, they're good at telling a story. They yes. are right. They're yeah. really good at that. Yeah, I think yeah. the uh, I think the real like shining light also that nobody I don't I ever heard a lot of people say it. So I'm like, well, I'll be that one guy who says it is that uh, Tuamas's I can never say his name his versatility because he went from Tarya immediately to Annette and he immediately changed styles and adapted to Annette, which is incredible. Just how fast, how yeah. fast immediate. And it's like chapter two night wish we, and then we've immediately made it work. So it's like, if there, if he didn't get any kind of lifetime achievement yet, then that's got, if nothing else, that's gotta be one where it's like just how yeah. rapidly he, he adapted um, the sound to work with Annette's voice and it worked perfectly. So. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And while we're on the topic of metal ballads, especially symphonic metal ballads, I came across one. I'm surprised I had never come across it before. And it's Epica's cover of Memory from Cats. Oh, 
absolutely oh, astounding. If you have not heard that, really, okay. go to YouTube. Yeah, Africa we'll YouTube that. Memory, you're going to have to listen to it. Uh, of course, Memory, Andrew Lloyd Webber, one of his yep. best songs. Right. And actually, if you really think about it, uh, you know, we're, we're diving into some deep stuff here. The whole Phantom of the Opera thing really, I think, kind of propelled the symphonic metal and the gothic edge. It's really kind yeah. of what started that subgenre yeah. of metal is the Phantom of the Opera and what he did with that. But um, the Epica cover of memory from cats you have to go and listen to it and it's several it's it's quite a bit older and i did not know that was out there and i heard it the other day it's like wow. wow this is absolutely amazing and to go back to another topic that we were discussing just a few minutes ago about the spiritual aspect of symphonic metal it's not about going out and having sex and doing drugs and living you know it's not um, smoking in the boys room or girls 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 it always seems to venture and teeter on the spiritual side of things why yeah. do you think this genre in particular deals with spiritual topics i think uh one thing that has been it's also like not just spiritual but also the fantasy theme i think a lot of a lot of the what i gather around i can see the spiritual side but another one is escape from today's reality it, it's basically I don't want to say we live in a dystopia, but it's basically a lot of the symphonic writing is a, is an escape and a release. And it's basically, I want to introduce you. I want to show you uh, someplace new, someplace that you can, you can, you not isolate, but you can escape and take refuge to, and it's in the music. And it's like, you can take refuge in the music and have a, a moment of solace or have, you know, an hour of solace or just relax, you know, or right. you can have something different than the today. So, that's my that's my take now as far as spiritual it's like i can see that as well so i think it's i think there's a i think they're genuinely in a lot of the especially the especially when we're going back to the tying into the ballad i think there's a lot of like heart cry like crying out to it's something here is it, there's bondage here they don't want to they don't want to be in bondage and they're crying out they may not be knowing who they're crying out to but they're just crying out it's kind of like the hebrew concept of zeka you know people just cry out but they don't know who's listening. You know, they're just crying right. out for maybe deliverance or maybe they are just in a horrible place. Yeah. So. yeah. Unchained Utopia yeah. by Epica is a perfect example of yeah. that, yeah, especially absolutely. with the video where you see them in the bondage in the video and they're crying yeah. out for that release. And then you go and even the Camelot earlier Camelot songs, the Roy Khan, and then you see what happened with him eventually in his career where he's crying out and God does touch down and save yeah, him and, and yeah. set him free. Mm -hmm. What a miraculous yeah. story that is. Sure, I think it also yeah. brings you to like the, um, when you listen to symphonic music, especially like really beautiful and you get like, you know, um, harps and you get like violins and if you can bring in a full ensemble, um, it just puts you in kind of like what, Mark was saying in this fantasy realm, or at least in the, the environment around fantasy, I think it makes you instantly a little bit more spiritual. You'll find mm -hmm. that some symphonic bands really, <clears throat> uh, like Nightwish, they will actually go kind of more on that like Mother Earth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, but then there's other bands that just, you know, they may go a different way. So I think <clears throat> Christian, um, putting in Christian 
um, lyrics into symphonic is just I think I think it works well. And you know, you know, Glenn, when we talked about like when when I started, when I put um, an ad in Craigslist, I was not going to make a symphonic band. I mean, it was it was going to be like Creedish, you know. I, I like I was looking for a Scott Stapp is what I was looking for. I wanted to do like another Creed band, but I wanted to make it. Uh, you know, hey, I'll admit it. I love I love Scott Stapp. Um, and so, like, and they're coming back. Yeah, you know, they're absolutely. Right um, but but they but was listening to Mark's work that he had ever worked on, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. We're gonna change and do that. So, you know, to to touch upon the fantasy as well in the symphonic metal, you have the imagery that goes along with it, the artwork, and that's one of the aspects of it that is complements the music you take a look at the album covers you take a look at the what they're wearing you take a look at the uh, you know costumes for better lack of a word and the sense and the imagery and a lot of that and i know that people are going to start throwing apples and tomatoes at me probably for saying this but a lot of that imagery that you see in the symphonic metal is closer to heaven than what we see in the western church And I'm, I'm saying this because the Lord's brought me to a very interesting part in the book of Ezekiel where it talks about the bride of Christ, Jerusalem. And it talks about the jewels and the, and the, and the ornaments and all of the beautiful jewelry that Jerusalem is given as the bride of, of, the, of, of Christ, basically, in the Old Testament. And it talks about the jewels on the forehead and everything. And I'm like, well, this is kind of some of the same stuff what I was seeing in that video last night from uh, from dark side of the moon, I was like, wait a minute, the imagery. And what we've done is we've Westernized scripture and we've taken the wonderful beauties of heaven and we've made them very simple and plain and kind of boring in a lot of ways, because I don't know what we're afraid of with it, but when you take a look at the imagery that's in scripture, and then especially like you take a look at the description of the New Jerusalem. Again, I know that there's probably people who are going to be emailing me about this and throwing virtual tomatoes and, uh, and apples at me. But you take the dimensions of the New Jerusalem and what's coming down from heaven, it's a giant pyramid that's descending from, from heaven when you draw that all out. And that's actually been done by a theologian. It was done in the 1970s. And you take a look at all of the jewels that bedeck that entire city and the streets of gold and emerald and everything like that it's like this is something that is way beyond human comprehension of what we can even describe and even the apostle paul said that you know when he ascended into the heavens there were things that he can't even speak of it's just unspeakable what he saw and i think this imagery that we find in the symphonic metal is is closer to what we would see more likely in heaven uh it's more that fantasy, you know, we're in this earthly plane. That's very, it's terrestrial, you know, it's browns and greens and blues. It's very, very simple, but the kingdom of heaven is colors that we can't even see and describe yet. And we tried to take heaven and we try to take those things. We're going to move from this plane of terrestrial to just absolute surreal is the only way to describe it. Well, I, I you know, and I, and I was, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Westernizing. Um, I think that's why I really like being a Catholic Christian because Eastern 
Eastern, the, the, over across the pond in Europe and other places, I think it's, I think that they might look at worship um, much more in a solemn way. Um, now, there are distinct differences in how we view mass versus what a Protestant would consider going to worship or they're calling celebrations now, which is fine. But um, I think like in the early church before the Bible was complete, before all the books were put together and in the Bible that we know today, um, I mean, a lot of people were illiterate. So when you'd walk into these Gothic, huge Gothic looking yes. churches, the reason why there are statues up and the reason why they're stained glass with saints on the walls was because that's how the pastors communicated yes. about all the fathers yep. of the church. Yes. You know, you'll often hear so Catholics worship, you know, Mary and worship the statues and stuff. Well, how's that any different than, you know, it's, it's not worship. We're not worshiping them, but we're remembering them for because they they show the light of God and how they behave. So we honor them. Right. And so. And so I think that's very important. I always say, well, how's it any different than you put grandma on the wall? You remember her. She was a great woman. How's it any different? It's not. So <clears throat> I think that I, th I think that we need to get away in the Western church from from concerts. Um, I mean, I know a particular church. It's local here. I mean, you walk in, it's a mini hill song. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, OK, mm -hmm. they're taking a page right out of it, you know, and and for me, when I go to mass and I celebrate mass, it's a very solemn time. It's a very reverent time. And I get more, I got, I get more out of that than I ever have yep. going to a Protestant church. Going to the six flags over Jesus church. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there's, there's no difference. No yeah. difference. I'm a stronger Christian now than I was before. So I, it's evident, it's evident in your music. It's very evident in your music. And I like what you say about the Gothic when you take a look at church history, Gothic was really man's attempt to put into visualization the things of heaven. So you've got this murky kind of mixture. And when you take a look at what true Gothic culture is, that's that's what it is. It's kind of this this mixture between the spiritual realm and the earthly realm. And that's what Gothic architecture was intended mm -hmm. to do. And you're absolutely correct. The early church, people didn't know how to read or write in a lot, you know, especially in Europe for a long time. And that's the only way that they could understand what scripture was conveying was through the stained glass windows and even through the various points of architecture. Cause if you take, yeah, if you take a <laughs> church building and you flip it upside down, that was built during that time in Gothic architecture, it's called the nave, it's nave the, yeah. the, the, in, the <laughs> entry area. And you flip it upside down, it's a boat, and it's like Noah's Ark, and that is the the lifeboat, the boat of salvation, and that's what that's pointing to. No, I actually I always found that, that fascinating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I do want to I, I do want to point out that I'm not saying that that people in the in other in the other faith because we have two faiths, Catholic and Protestant, that they're not Christian or anything like. I'm not saying that. I don't want anyone to take me along the the. the the wrong way i'm just saying from from my experience and and looking at the historical um the history of the church and kind of you know you were saying about westernizing things where we wanted it all to look i would say bougie <laughs> versus kind of i feel like that from when you go across the pond they're much more i would say solemn or much more reverent you also find that in society anyway i think i think europeans will look at americans and go man they're loud they're they're boisterous 
And yeah, I've worked with people in Europe and they're very like chilled out, laid back. So I kind of, it kind of shapes society. Even, even religion will shape society and how mm-hmm. people act. I always say that the, you'll know you, if you look at your society and see where it's at, look at the churches because if yeah. the church is that way, that's how society will be. And we've seen it in his, in history. So, yes. Now I, I can appreciate what you're saying because my, I grew up in the traditions of the church of England Mm-hmm. And uh, served in the Church mm-hmm. of England as a licensed chalice bearer and did some ministry licensed oh, yeah. in the Church of England. And I was explaining it to my wife is that when I did that, I wore robes. Um, there'd be times I'd wear a black robe with a white robe over it and different types of robes. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. And why did I enjoy that? Because it's not because, oh, look at me. I look so awesome in this in this robe. It took my mind out of being in this world to another yep. world. Yeah. So that yeah. that is ex- that is exactly right. You know, um, not to get on. I don't want to get on a theological debate or the theological start talking about. But behind mm-hmm. me, <clears throat> behind me, I have I have um, I have a like a desk or or whatever, um, and I and I put down um, a table lining based on the color, whichever liturgical color we're in. Okay. So, like right now is ordinary time. I put down green, and then I have like Saint Michael, Saint Raphael, the Holy Family back there. So that always reminds me because this is my place where I read my Bible and when I pray and stuff. So I have my own little space. I think that's important as Christians. We know Jesus said, "Go into basically," He said, "Go into your quiet space and pray to your Father in heaven." And I think everyone has that spot, whether it's in your bedroom. Heck, if you have to go in the closet because you got three kids and they're crazy noisy like i do you know find a spot a lot of times i don't even read my bible until late at night you know you always hear people saying the first thing i do i wake up at 5 a.m i can't get up i have a hard time getting up at eight so my time is like right now everybody's gone it's quiet i can do my thing you know yes yes so the key to it is what is it that takes your mind out of this world Mm -hmm. your mind off of these things and puts them into a world that's different and that is why worship is so important before even getting to the word that's why music is so important uh the theologian carl barth said that before he would dive into scripture he would listen to music and it necessarily wasn't christian music because it would open up the mind and get his mind off of earthly things into another realm and the beauty of it is is when we can operate in this world and be effective in this world where we can be providers of solutions and providers of help and providers of mercy and providers of grace with our minds in heaven while at the same time being effective with the things of this world. That's where it takes, it takes a while to get there. (laughs) That is not something that is, that is easily done. I remember when I first became a Christian, I think my head was always in heaven and not paying attention to too much of what was on earth. And then I went the opposite way. And I think I'm finally starting to understand how that all works. I'll let you know how that goes. It's a balancing act. It is is a balancing act of maturity. Well, now that you've released this cover of forever, what is next for divine martyr? Should we even say? Well, we don't, we don't have to put a timestamp on it, but the goal Ultimately, you know, whether it's, you know, next spring, next summer, next fall, we want to do a full length record, uh, God willing, you know, so if all, if all the, 
the stars align and the finances are there and, you know, and, and we believe God will provide, you know, because he's put this on our heart and, you know, this is kind of a project that we want to tackle. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, Mark has a backlog of probably a hundred songs potentially that we could, you know, kind of flesh out and record. So that's, that's kind of the process we're in now, sort of the pre-production. Uh, we've got a couple songs that are in studio now that we're working on. And that is kind of the goal in the next year, hopefully, is to, you know, and not, again, not to put a big Oh, oh looks, like we, looks like we lost oh. him. So I'll we finish did. where he was at. I'll finish. Yeah, did. long story short is we're, uh, we're getting the, uh, getting the full length album done. We just don't, um, there's some, we've, we've had some setbacks and difficulties we won't mention here, but it's basically, we have some, we have some work to do to finish, to finish the album. And then, with a setback, it's always, I don't really look at it as a bad thing. It's more of like, let's reevaluate. Let's reevaluate where we're at. Let's see if maybe God is telling us something of, hey, maybe you should do, we should add this other song, or maybe we should revisit the the writing on the song or something. So it's like the whole, uh, I'll quote Neil. Neil, I don't believe he was ever a believer from Rush, um, but I, I pray that he was, but um, he would say, was it art is never finished. It's always abandoned, you know, and it's kind of the same way you just go until you hit copyright, every, anything can be changed. So, <laughs> yeah. and I know why, I know why Jason dropped off is so Woody could move up to the top. That's top right. Layer in, in the number yeah, two he's, slot. He's kind, of a, he's kind of a bully like that. He's always pushing yeah. Maybe I, maybe I need to work. Maybe I need to work more on being last in on earth. So. Yeah, yes, yes, there yes. <laughs> there we go guys i appreciate you joining us this evening we will be back next week with some music from an artist from my new hometown columbia south carolina i love how i moved to a place and within weeks find the musicians find the christian musicians in, in the town and yeah. we're gonna catch up with joshua ross and see what kind of projects he's been working on here awesome. in columbia south carolina we're gonna talk about that and boy we've got uh, We've got a new album that came out from IND out of Poland as well with it. My friend Alina from Poland, she sent me a copy of the album. Took like a month to get here. I've been able to preview it. We're going to be getting her back on in the next couple of weeks as well. And for those of you who remember Alyssa, she's going to be joining us at the end of this month. And we're going to be talking about all this extraterrestrial stuff that's in the news, all of these congressional oh. hearings and everything that's going on with that. Uh, she's been she's studied up on that. And we're going to we're going to have a good time for an out of this world conversation. And then also this month, during the month of August, my friend from North Palm Church, Alex Bonilla, is going to join us. And we're going to talk about why destiny is important and how God has a destiny for us and why it's important and how it's actually biblical. So, man, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, so you're going to have to join us. Absolutely. We will be back at our regular time next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday night. And guys, Mark, Jason, Woody, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Oh, man, thank you. Thanks for having us, man. We you. appreciate you, man. Love you guys. Keep up the good work and looking forward to that full length album. And Hey, I have to do this. You guys with this cover do definitely get Amy's Paul of approval. She was awesome in the studio you. last Thank night you, underneath the, uh, the studio desk here and her tat, her tail 
when the song was playing was just pounding again. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. When even the animals listen to it and like it, then we're yep. they do. doing something they right. Do. You know we're good. <laughs> doing something That's right. Good. May not get a dove, but you got Amy's paw of approval to see. That's right. We'll, we'll take, take it. it. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you guys just hang on, everybody else, until next week, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.